As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Hi everyone, it's Helen here, voice of Azu, Enola and Laverne and host of Enthusiasm. Today I'm here to tell you about Divisor, a podcast on the RQ network. Divisor is a dark science fiction audio drama with elements of horror from Harlan Guthrie, the mastermind behind the unsettling and addictive series Malevolent. In this immersive tale, we follow Sun, a young man who awakens aboard a spaceship bound for Earth on a mission to recolonize a desolate planet. However, Sun's journey takes a sinister turn, and he discovers unsettling truths about his world and himself. The entire series is available for you to listen to right now. So, search for Divisor, that's D-E-V-I-S-E-R, wherever you listen to podcasts, or visit www.divisor.ca or www.rustyquill.com for more information. That's all from me. Enjoy your episode. Hello folks, Helen here, voice of Azu in Rusty Quill Gaming. This is an advert for the podcast Anomaly. Anomaly is a TTRPG meditation podcast that takes you into a world of magic and fantasy. You'll be invited to imagine yourself in scenarios like learning to cast a tranquility spell or exploring a land once vanquished by a dragon, all connected by a shared mythology. The podcast combines the traits of a great dungeon master with those of a meditation guide, weaving tales of fantasy that stretch the imagination, while you learn to centre yourself, find confidence, and relieve stress. Featuring the voices of Ruth Connell from Supernatural and Todd Stashwick from Star Trek Picard, Anomaly is available wherever you find podcasts, or at seekanomaly.com. That's S-E-E-K-A-N-O-M-A. L-I-E dot com. That's all from me. Enjoy your episode and take care of yourself. Hello and welcome to episode 213 of the Rustical Gaming Podcast. I'm your host and GM Alex Newell with me today I have Ben Meredith, Bryn Monroe. Lydia Nicholas and Helen Gould. And who are you playing? Zolf Smith. Hamid Salah Harun Al Tahan. 
Sell sight, Adam. And Azu. And I, I, I will turn this podcast around, okay? <laughs> we have a very we have a very poor energy this week. <laughs> and I'm seeing energy. a lot of silly faces. Uh, this is all video based. They can't see. They will have to wonder forever. <laughs> Punch a plant in the face. <laughs> <laughs> so if we'll we'll give a recap, but I am, I must confess, erring towards the Ben camp slightly here and saying, you are choosing a foolish episode to start on. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to humor you, but we are reaching the point where this is a little bit silly this is this is a little bit silly reaching oh you thought maybe a hundred hours in it was still viable <laughs> so, we are we are in uh we technically we are beneath st paul's uh give or take no we're uh, not in no we're not we're beneath, we're beneath westminster, westminster abbey. abbey westminster abbey i remember that those are different places yep. yeah. I remember those. those are different <laughs> places far yes apart. Indeed, indeed. Oh, yeah, the commute is going to be much, much different to what I thought. No, so you are currently beneath London, I think is a sufficient statement. <laughs> yeah. And there is all manner of tr- tricksy problems above ground that all are coordinated and trying to stop you getting to the top of Big Ben. I feel like that pretty much sums it. Oh, and you've got a best friend now. Mm. Yeah. Who is very dead, extremely dead, but in like a good way. Little yeah. Jeffy Chaucer. Old Jeff. And I believe the last thing was a warning from Babbage as you were all sort of doing your briefing going, there's a solid chance that Guivre is kicking around somewhere. Oh, I, yeah. I forgot about it. But... Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, not very Zombie happy about dragon. that. No, I'm not mad for that. No. Especially as Guivre is, you know, a, a gold dragon and therefore likely immune to fire, which makes mm. me very sad. Mm. Mm. But really good at making fire. Yeah. No, yeah. that's bad. That's a bad that's a bad thing, actually. I mean, at least it's not like your great 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 granddad. It's true. I guess. I guess, yeah, I guess that, it could that, be worse. That would have been super yeah. awkward. In yeah. fact, I think tonally I picked the wrong dragon to uh <laughs> completely take over retrospectively, but here we are. So I'm gonna pick up more or less where we were at last time, which was you were all deciding that you were gonna head up to the roof in order mm-hmm. to basically scope it out and get a lay of the land yep. and if it looked like there was an opportunity I believe the current plan was everyone invisible everyone flying screw it we'll just go straight to the top and try and rush it I think <laughs> that was more or less the plan yeah. speed speed being our key asset yeah our chief weapon is surprise it's true surprise and a really big fireball yeah <laughs> fireballs and are very please. often surprising in my experience yeah, and, a, and a paladin on a camel <laughs> yeah hell yes our chief weapons a surprise a really big fireball <laughs> a paladin on a camel yes. and loads of hit points oh like so, so many all, hit points. obviously loads of hit points and I've given you all some more loads of hit points so you know yeah so Thank having you. Having finished our, our briefing, I think it's sensible that we're going to be making our way up. Mm-hmm. So at that point, I am going to suggest if anyone has any prep that they want to do before they leave, please do so now. To be clear, I'm not talking like if you've got something that lasts 10 seconds, do it now. It's going to be a walk. Je- Jeff has openly stated there's going to be a bit of a walk before you to get to the roof. It's not just a like open a door and here we are, but it's more longer term stuff. I cast Mage Armor because it lasts. This, this is. Many thank you for hours. picking up what I'm putting down, Bryn. Yes. <laughs> Anything like that. Yeah, I am holding off on my protection from energy communal because if Greaves about, I think I might do fire. Uh, if Greaves not, it might be something else. Sensible, yeah, like sensible. pretty much everything that Cell has is, is in the kind of hour range. So it's the sort of... Well, well, they're either hour or they're counted in rounds. Yeah, all of mine are like a minute, between a minute and ten minutes. Like, <laughs> You'd be surprised how many times you can hit a person in one minute if you've got a massive axe. <laughs> and according to the rules... <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Which I think is quite a surprisingly high number. 
In that case then, if no one else has anything that they wish to uh, pursue further, I'm going to go ahead and start pushing us up towards the rooftop, if that's okay. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So I am not going to require marching orders from people because you sort of have a very creepy escort. Yeah. <laughs> so Jeff basically starts leading the way and starts leading the way out of the semi-mausoleum, semi-kind of memorial chapel that he's in through a set of doors and then starts heading along a corridor and gesturing for everyone to follow. I'm presuming people do. Yup. Okay. Unfortunately, as you head along that route, once you are outside of the double doors, that sort of feeling of of slight nausea that emanates from Jeffrey is is a little bit stronger. There seems to be a little bit of a dampening effect in that crypt or whatever it was. I'm not going to require saves from people, but there is a, ooh, hello, yes. You, You really are quite unpleasant to be around but it's not your fault um, <laughs> yeah as you're heading along that corridor it's in a similar setup where it's that worked stone etc and then he carries on heading along and then turns to you all before another set of double doors and with his sort of characteristically expressionless face from this point my companions might grow colourful uh, oh I would that you did not take umbrage with their passage. How do you mean colourful? Because we've had encounters with colours in the past and it wasn't great. (laughs) So he gestures and the double door sort of blow open ever so slightly dramatically. And then on the other side is two more of those sort of iced guards, bigger than the last. One of them seems to be wielding some kind of flail, just a massive warhammer. Just an in, an enormous warhammer, an unnecessarily large one. What, like a collection? Like these are my yeah. lizard men and <laughs> hey. uh, chaos knights. Actually, I, I, you'll admire the the paint job on this. I've actually had to ensure the collection. It's worth more than my house. I've been working on my grass textures. <laughs> <laughs> very good flocking on the bottom of my <laughs> Not quite, no, but thanks for the contribution. <laughs> and as you start heading through those double doors, you start hearing the distinct sounds of what can best be described as creepy, ambient creepiness, uh, the odd whisper from something that isn't there, you know, a, a passage of wind that isn't the right temperature for the space. And there are a couple of side passages here, and there's there's just the general sounds of restless dead. None of them seem to be sort of moving towards as a pair ahead of all of you, but nothing seems to be interfering with you, but you get the impression it from the outside looking in, it would be a bit of a an odd one to witness. And as you're heading along the corridor, it becomes apparent there's another one of those sort of squared off circular stairways like you came down a little while ago that's heading up this time. And uh, Jeff gets as far as the stairway and then turns to the rest of you and goes... Beyond this stair, my situation grows untenable. Um, if you ascend and then continue... Thou wilt find uh, an access ever upwards. Avoid the main spaces. We are directing these things in such a way as to clear you passage. This is not the same thing as fully removing them. Dost thou understand? Yes. Yeah. Thank you. 
it's, I, I have to say it's extremely handy. Um, we, we are extremely, extremely grateful. And, and I would love to talk to you about the mechanics of how you're doing it at some, at some point. Maybe a later point, and, and not this point. Gotta head to the doom, you know. Doom, yeah, right, doom. so we, we should probably be off. Um, yeah, thanks for your help. Best of luck. And remember, when all else fails, the power of the heart shall often suffice. Zolf... That is a that is a Harrison Campbell quote that has just been delivered <laughs> with a great sincerity and profoundness. <laughs> Admittedly, Jeff is very good at being straight faced, but you get the impression it's straight faced behind that mm-hmm, air visage. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'll just give him a thumbs up. Just be like, nice. <laughs> Azu is also going to give a thumbs up because for her she's also like and also I've literally got a, a copy of the Heart of Aphrodite that's excellent that's very good very good working there that's, yeah very clever like Cell looks very thoughtful because they're thinking if there's some kind of thing in the mechanism of pumps that this is being this is some kind of sly reference to a way to solve some sort of puzzle that they hadn't quite figured out yet <laughs> the valve opening for the power of the... I, I suppose you so could read So, with that in mind, as you presumably all start heading up the stairway, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. could everyone please give me a perception check? All right. First roll of the day. How are we doing? Oh, not bad. 29. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> oh my. 28. <laughs> 28, okay, good, good. 19 for Skrark, 25 for Hammond. And uh, and Cell got 36. Aw, okay. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> for everyone breaking 30, uh, so uh, interpret that as you will. <laughs> Me, so yeah, 36, just so you got that. So everyone knows as you're heading up the stairway that that, that ambient uh, creepiness continues but it seems a little bit less um, as you're heading up it feels less concentrated a little bit more distributed there's still like a, a slight a, a slight skittering off into the distance you know the, uh, the the sound of I don't know a, a door closing and you get the impression that there was no one there to close it that kind of thing but beyond that right on the edge of hearing cell mm-hmm. you think you hear, hear the sounds of like disturbance or or maybe even sort of a, a battle or something much higher up and probably even outside the building that's just sort of managing to echo its way through it's right on the edge of hearing but you get the di- distinct impression that there's a commotion beyond your ambient creepiness higher up as in at the roof where we're heading to unable to discern yet i would go so far as to say that you're pretty certain it's outside the building mm-hmm. above your head is all you're able to discern at this right. point the, the one thing that cell would know but i don't is exactly what kind of point we're at like have we got to ground level now you're very quickly going to be at ground level you're, okay. you're effectively just below ground okay, level at right. this point that's that's cool because that the thing i wasn't clear on was whether above our heads meant like in the sky or <laughs> on the streets so yeah uh cell tells everyone it it, it, it sounds like there's a a battle going outside <laughs> uh, it's not really unexpected is it oh. i suppose just uh just so you should i don't know if any of you can hear the the battling but you know, cool. It's nice that it's not us doing it for once. Get a little holiday going up yeah. the stairs. Well, it's nice. Might be us soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Alex, are we mm. in the bits of Westminster Abbey that Hammond has been in before yet? I will answer that accurately. No, you're not. 
You continue up the stairs. Okay, now you're at sure. the bottom. Bit, like yeah. you're, you're literally one layer too low. Yeah, yeah. You are going to go up through some stairs, and I don't mind spoiling going. And then you're going to be at the bit going. Oh, I know where we are. This is a lot of the chorister passageways where you can actually Excellent. get a lot of distance here without yeah. going into the main spaces, stuff like that. For the sake of ease, I'm going to say that you can get up to the rest of the stairway fine. There's a little bit of like a, a navigation between the two spaces, but nothing sure, important. Sure. And the door itself isn't actually even locked, and it's very easy to just do a sneaky little open and close. I'm skipping all of this because there's nothing on the other side of the door. You're in a comparatively cramped but not claustrophobic because it's an old building and yeah it takes you all of two seconds to go I know where we are. Yeah, this is this is a, uh, a chorister passageway. We, I can use this to get there, this to get there. You've never been on the roof because you wouldn't have been allowed, but you know where that is and you would be able to navigate to it comparatively easily. Sure. Okay. I am going to presume that you might be taking the lead in order to do so, if that's okay. Yeah, probably. Okay. Similarly, I'm going to be assuming that Ghostbuster Zolf with his brainy <laughs> backpack is going to remain in the middle. Yes. Yes, very much so. Understood. In that case then... As you all start heading through basically these routes carefully, there is an ambient sound of sort of foliage coming from what seems to be inside the main space of the abbey. It's not very, very pronounced, but it is, it's just a, a sort of... It's the ambient sound of maybe more like someone disturbing a tree rather than wind through the trees is the best way to describe it. Mm. More, it's, almost, it's almost reminiscent for Zolf of a creaking ship more than more than foliage and as you're heading along these corridors it becomes a little bit louder I'm going to say that as you're ascending there are going to be some parts where you've got to be careful because you know you have those sort of I forget what the word is it's, it's like whole, artistic holes cut in the side to allow people to sort of see into the spaces and out of etc like an arrow hole but like but not for arrow yeah yeah, yeah, it's, like yeah. An, like, it's like an arrow slip but for faith I don't know what to call that Alex we've all been choristers in strange <laughs> schools I mean look at us we all went to school in basically Harry Potter land didn't we yes. well, we are British so I guess you know ah yes all of our schools are castles if you all haven't been to a cathedral that's at least 800 years old can you really call yourself British <laughs> I mean a fun fact for everyone like outside the UK all British births happen in a cathedral like, that's a very old tradition like, one of the one of the fun things I like about that is that the, the primary school I went to was about a thousand years old but it was mostly actually porter cabins because like it, it was there was ah, an old the like there's cabins. a ruined monastery in Barking and it's been educating people <laughs> since like about the Doomsday Book, but like it's a poor area. Do, I do enjoy gesturing to some porter cabins, saying, "And behold, our hallowed halls." <laughs> Following in that vein, looking through those faith holes, I don't know what to call them. <laughs> You do not you do not see porter cabins but also you do not see cathedral what you see mm. is some kind of gargantuan plant is occupying the main space of the abbey uh, cool, and cool, could cool, everyone cool, please cool. give me a perception check yep. 17 Aww. no 21 sorry i can't count 14 back to normal <laughs> yes forgive me helen big plant 26 and 28 for scrock 28 for cell and in an additional to big plant, Zolf, mm. you can see that there appear to be almost like pea pods on all of the walls surrounding this main plant. It's quite large, but I do I do sort of mean that that pod shape, you know, in lines as it were, attached to the walls and hanging from the ceilings and so on. <gasps> For everyone that broke twenty five, 
You can see there are mostly human, but not all human, blue-veined people within those pods. Pod people! Seemingly asleep. However, there is the sounds of small amounts of activity in the main space. And as you're sort of watching unobserved, you're all being very stealthy. No one's expecting you there, so I'm, I'm not requiring the stealth check. You see a huge tendril from the main plant reach out, caress a specific pod, and then a second tendril lifts a full pod and places a new pod up affixed to the wall. Cool. Very creepy. We're in, like- Creepy. The Matrix, but yeah. plants. Yeah. <sighs> if we're if we're getting out, uh, like, is is there a big dragon around? So, <laughs> I will get to this. As you're heading up, it is clear that the commotions are coming from outside. It sounds like distant magical warfare of some kind. Mm. It's less raw swords and shields, and a lot more. Frankly, it, it might. To our ears, sound a little bit more modern. You know, you're thinking more that the the deep thump of an explosion, and then a, and then a quiet bit, and then a lightning, and then some more quiet, and that kind of more like m- more of a sort of like ranged skirmish than a, a pitched like meat grinder of a fight. But it is clear that there is something happening outside. And as you can continue up, you reach the point, Hamid, where you're certain that this is the stair that you weren't allowed to go up. Yep. And if you go up here, you can make your way to the roof. <gasps> does it does it have just like a little rope? Because none of them would have come up here. Like just still the little rope with a <laughs> with a nice sign saying like caretakers only from this point. I mean, Hamid was a pretty naughty schoolboy. The idea that he never snuck up onto the roof, uh, I'm not convinced. But, you know. Alex is the I GM. I like to think Hamid did, but was caught just before making it up to the top. <laughs> fair, uh. fair. <laughs> also, if I don't, it's just going to be another one of those, if I take one more step up, this will be the highest up the <laughs> Abbey I've ever been. <laughs> yeah, if you head up, you eventually make it to the point where there is a, a very narrow, because these things tend to get a little bit narrower and smaller the yeah. higher up, because, you know, that's how stone works. You've got to make it lighter somehow. And you find yourself at quite a tight doorway that you're certain will lead out onto the rooftop. I will, however, request a perception check from whoever is going to open that door, because I'm assuming you're doing it carefully rather than just throwing it open and going, Hello, world! I, I've got some spells that I want to... Just because I've got an hour length, so before we actually open the door. Yeah, at this door, I am going to cast Terrorism on Scrap, because that's my multi-hour spell, absolutely. Cell is going to chug an alchemical allocation of Dragon's Breath, yep. and Cell is going to become Monster. Um... Have we had any confirmation that Guiver is here? Not yet. No roars, no dragon flapping or something. (sighs) In fairness, you've been in a very narrow stone corridor that mostly looks inwards, so it's been quite difficult. Now I'm going to take the gamble. I'm going to bring everyone in to sort of touch hands and cast Protection from Energy Communal. Mm -hmm. There are six of us. Here's a question. Is Babbage included in my casting of it? So we've covered this one before. Yes. Okay, so he's also going to have... We are going to have a shared pool of 120 temporary hit points. So, yes, uh, the best way to think of it is Babbage counts, as mentioned before, as, regardless of sentiment, mechanically a sapient object, like a magic sword. So as a result, it it is effectively... Think of it as a force field that affects you and what you're carrying. You are carrying the Babbage array, therefore it is protected in the same way. All right, so he he doesn't really have a separate health track. Yeah, what I would say is if you were to leave Babbage in a corner somewhere and run off... It follows you, not him. Yeah, cool. Okay. Yeah, okay, so in which case... Oh, I'm going to have to give it to myself. Oh, 
Azu is probably the most. No, 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 because um, because Hammett's already got fire resistance, so yeah. he needs it less than me. Okay. Uh, in which case, everybody except for Hamid gets 20 minutes where they have 120 extra hit points versus fire. Holy moly. But only against fire. Hamid has 10 minutes because I have 11 yeah. 10 minute slots to share around. Yeah. I see how it is. So this, this is how we slowly introduce the idea that you can finally rid yourself of Hamid. But you were blameless. <laughs> You have limited resources. I see how it is. No, he's understand. reducing like 10 or ten hit points each time or five hit points each time because he's, you know, so... Tr- true facts. He's a little dragon. True facts. But yeah, but I will say, right, we've got 10 to 20 minutes a week. We've got to like get a motor on now if we want to make use of this. I, at least, am excited about the feather. How, like, so Cell now has 112 hit points. That's a lot. Ooh. That's loads. Loads of hit points. That's more than That's me. Ah. Yeah, I've got 111 yeah. hit points. I think you're nearing the point where you could just jump off the roof and do a superhero landing without powers and survive. Well, I mean, why would I do that? I've got wings. (laughs) So... I am going to need to know... I'm assuming it's Hamid that opens the door since Hamid's been leading the way. I'm going to let Scrock do it. Understood. (laughs) In that case, then, can I please get a perception check from Scrock? Well, I rolled a three. That never helps. But that is still at least 16. 16. Scrock opens the door a crack, just a crack, sort of looks around, turns to everyone and then goes, I, I think we're okay. Right, should we should we cast, like, fly now and just, as soon as we're on the roof, fly over to Elizabeth Tower? Scrock looks around a bit. I reckon we should see more of the lay of the land first. All right. Because mm. if it doesn't work, we've got, we're flying down a bunch of narrow tunnels. You know what I mean? Right, yeah, it's just, it's... It, Hamid's going to have to take, like, 30 seconds to do us all. Tell you what, give me a second. Scrock opens the door, closes it behind himself, heads off. Ah. Uh. There's a, a moment of, of quiet and stillness with the occasional, like, whomph of an explosion distantly or a, a crackle of thunder or whatever. Scrock comes back in, closes the door and looks at everyone. And as much as Scrock can, looks quite pale. There's, uh, there's quite a lot. I think, I think you might all need to come and... See, right, and I'm gonna take a break there. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And welcome back. So, Scrock has just come in and said, yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll want to come have a look. Um, don't draw attention, but I, I, there's, there's enough things to hide behind. I'm not worried. Uh, right. Scrock opens the door, does a quick check again, and then heads out. Do people follow? Yeah. 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 Okay. Now, I will ask for some lenience with regards to, no doubt, the two listeners who have extensive knowledge of the rooftops of this building, having worked there for years and knowing every single nuance of the layout. I do not. I'm going to be making some educated guessing, and uh, I ask people to bear with me. So as you head out onto the leads, 
question mark so there's a lot of contours to this there's a lot of layers there's a lot of sort of still statues and, and what looks to have once been plinths that held gargoyles things like that it's still decorative up here but there's a lot of balustrading of stone and things like that it makes it very easy to navigate but as you come up that sound of sort of surrounding battle does seem to be at play however it seems to be quite heavily localized to sort of one side hmm. and looking over to that side you can see that there is the occasional flash and pop and there seem to be a decent number of flying humanoid figures around that area Ooh. can i get a perception check from everyone please yeah a lot of perception checks today 25 uh, 18 29 for hammered 26 for scrock 29. Big wings getting in the way. Can't yeah. see. Everyone apart from cells in the sort of same like remit there. For everyone, you can see that it looks like squizzards are starting to be engaged in effectively a fully pitched battle. Oh. Lots of like fly by attacks and that kind of thing. You realise you've come quite a decent distance from where you were. However, you all reckon that's probably more or less where uh, the one that got away is. <gasps> It seems like they are engaging a hostile force there. Yep. Looking down and around, you can see just hordes, hordes and hordes of humanoids, mostly human, but also, you know, some dwarvish, some halfling, etc. Just not swarming in the sense of like monsters raw, but walking quite calmly en masse towards that location, clearly being drawn away from this location. Yeah. They don't appear to be like charging. Amongst them there, you can see some of them seem to have clerical regalia, some of them seem to have guard armor and things like that, but it's just a, a, a mass of people effectively is homing in. And you get you get the sense that it is a limited amount of of Squizzards versus an enormous amount of people in inverted commas. Yep. Hmm. Of those people, you can see that there are a few who seem to be flying around at that area as well. So it's not just a bunch of magic versus civilians or anything like that. Moving your way across the building with Scrock sort of leading the way, he's basically heading towards Elizabeth Tower, gesturing for it to be quiet and so on, and then sort of points down and over. And um, as you sort of all cross various sight lines, so it reveals the majority of the area has been consumed by an enormous plant, very similar to that which you saw in um, the Garden of Yerlach. Mm-hmm. To be clear... And, and Svalbard, it was the same plant. And Svalbard, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Although the Svalbardian one was a, a weird kind of... It was kind of dead. Yeah. Dead, yeah. This one's not. This one makes the one in Yarlik look small. Oh, right, Okay. This is massive. Yep. It is consumed most of the building. You can still sort of see a bit of the tower is poking up from so, it. So when you say the building, you mean the Houses of Parliament, not Westminster Abbey? Yes, sorry. So Westminster Abbey is is still, like, distinct from it. Yep. But you can see there's a large number of tendrils leading from whatever the plant is in the abbey out through the doors and across to, yeah, Parliament. The Houses of Parliament has just disappeared. Sure. They're, they're just, they must be in there somewhere but it is almost entirely this huge, bulbous plant. The tower is a little bit offset from the main houses, mm-hmm. so as a result, it sort of 
extruded from the main body of the plant and it is still uh, visible out of it. Yep. As you look down from the rooftop, you can see that there's a huge amount of this sort of blue pulsing plant matter crisscrossing all of the, the ground around there. And for everyone apart from Cell, you notice that even though a huge mass of people are heading towards that distant battle, there's a decent number of, of, of people, in inverted commas, still wandering around the space. What's interesting is there seems to be two types. You see some effectively blue-veined people heading around doing what they were um, when you were around previously. Mm-hmm. A lot of sort of like manual labor, moving stuff, lots of coordinated action and so on. And then you can see some figures wandering around who have no external signs whatsoever. They, they effectively look normal. I'd say that they're still... They're not, like, yelling orders or anything like that, but whilst the others are very sort of, like, a coordinated workforce, these are sort of moving amongst it in a far more natural manner. They seem to be sort of walking around rather than marching in place and things like that. And as you're watching, you see a single figure, you don't recognise them, walking, and I use walking, not marching, out of the abbey and into that sort of uh, group, and there seems to be those two groups. Beyond that, you can occasionally, as you're sort of looking up and around Parliament, see a sort of flying humanoid uh, head past, but it doesn't seem to be like a massed force so much as like patrols and things like that. Mm. However, it's very difficult to see the actual top of the tower itself, even from this distance, because A, it's quite a detailed building, so something small could be hiding there, you wouldn't know. And secondly, the plant matter is such that occasionally with the with the sort of steam and smoke, which is still in the city and so on, and with the flying figures, it's, it's quite difficult to make out the top of it. There is no sign of an enormous 400-foot <laughs> dragon sweeping around the place, but I will tell you for free, because you would just know this, Hamid, humanoid shape-changing is obviously not yep. just an Apophis thing, that's yeah, just yeah. A, a dragon's yep. thing. Mm. So there could be Gweave 20 feet away as a person just suddenly going boom hello yeah. <laughs> but this is this is the, the state of affairs I'd say that you suspect with invisibility in flight it probably would be possible to make it to the roof of the tower however that's assuming you have absolute knowledge and that's a big yeah. assumption because it is clear as you're like seeing all of this mass of people occasionally you'll see a spell being cast amongst the sort of humanoids who are down there there are magic users there there are sort of clerical magic users there it is a it is a hodgepodge of people it's not just civilians wandering around with wheelbarrows if you know what I mean well I don't think we can guarantee invisibility will work but it seems like our best chance maybe right in which case we're all on time limits, and the quicker we go, the fewer people are going to die at gesturing yep. towards the one that got away. So let's yeah. go. Wild calls, like with a hand up, to just halt for a moment and goes, We're going to need a backup plan. If we get close and it turns out there's something there that's going to render the plan unusable, we, we need a fallback location. I mean, we, we don't have one, right? Like, Azu and I, we're the payload. We've got to get it there. If we don't, then we fail. I'll distract them. I, I can. This, I, this I, is the kind I, of thing I'm talking about. I'm sorry. I just mean that if we turn up and there is some unknowable evil that's waiting at the top of the thing, what do we do? That's what look, I need to know. I'll, I'll draw them off. I, I can. I can cast uh, sparkly things, explosive things. I can make it big explosions, and and you can do illusions, right? Maybe together we can make a big, exciting 
a thing that will like that an unspeakable evil can't couldn't possibly turn down. Uh, something like, you know, a, a bunch of joyous puppies. I don't know what evil hates. Um, and uh, something that looks bigger than it is and flies off fast and gives them time. Yeah. The, the, fact, the fact of the matter is, this is bigger than all of us. We get Babbage in, we place him down, and we do whatever we can to keep him safe. If if we get separated in the fight, I guess the best place to meet again would be back in Chaucer's crypt, maybe? Mm. Fine. But likely to be safer than anywhere else if there's people defending it. We can do that, but if we get separated, we either meet in the new world or we probably don't. Yeah. Yeah. This is it. Are there any other, maybe, I mean, it just has to be a high point. Right? I don't know. I'll quickly whip out the headphones and be like, Babbage, do we have to, like, be at the top of the clock tower? Like, where do we need to be Um, exactly? Yes, so it's going to have to be the clock tower, but the main array, you might be able to get away with just being high within the tower as long as the... the, You'll see there's a a sort of extendable rod if you look over your shoulder. As long as that is atop the roof... That the rest of the array could be near the roof, I, I suppose. Right, but we, we want to be on the roof, not inside the clock tower. The, the aerial will need to be on the roof, yes. Right, we've got to be on the roof. Right, 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 right. Thanks. Good. We're, we're, we're going to make the run now, so, you know, see you on the other side. Try not to drop me. Good. Yep, thinking of it. Uh, take the headphones off. Right, yeah, so, uh, you heard that, but we've we got to be on the roof, or we need to get the aerial on the roof and Babbage nearby if we need to protect him, but I think on the roof is the best bet. All right, then I'm going to suggest if everything goes south, we might need to retreat to within the clock tower itself Yeah. as a, as a fallback. It's better than nothing. Very yeah, well. well. I've got rope. I know how to tie things to things. We'll get the aerial up there. If there is something that we can't fight off, like, I, I'll, I'll try to draw it off. We, we shouldn't make our stand at the same place, you know? Um, All right, there, yeah. Do that. Me and Cell will be in the air. We'll get anything that comes in. Yeah, you got you got to run harassment. I got to place the thing down. This really. Scrark takes a moment and then turns to everyone. I'm wondering if I should go first. Listen to me on this one. If I can fly over invisible and have a look, anything that's going to see invisible things is going to see me and go for me. Right. That way, if there is something up there. It isn't coming for all of us, it's coming for one of us. It's a sensible decision, it's your choice, so... Scrap. I don't think I'm wrong, am I? No. Uh, are you... Okay, as he's going to get down on Scrap's level and be like, are you... are you sure you'd want to... It shouldn't be you. It should be me. I've got a better chance of getting away from it. I've got a better chance of fighting it off. I hear what you're saying, uh, but, you know, A... Uh, you can't fly very well. You're you're a, you're a bit rubbish. I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to put you down, but you're not great. Uh, you're good. It's, it's, it's fine, Scrat. As I said, times of the essence. I don't want to be a dick, but we're all going to have an opportunity to sacrifice ourselves heroically in the name of saving the world. Okay, so. Well, let's... the second thing is, you're right. You can cast a bunch of spells. If there's something there, I can just lead it away. I'm not going to be exploding things. And he pulls out his dagger, and this is only so good. You know, a gargantuan plant that's controlling the world. I'm not sure a dagger's going to cut it. Okay. Okay. Let's go. Stay safe. Yes. Okay. Hamid is going to cast lots of spells. (laughs) Okay. Good. The first spell Hamid is going to cast is Message. Understood. I don't think I've cast this from since the very beginning of the campaign. It's been ages. It's it's odd because it's normally like an absolute staple. 
This allows us to whisper messages to each other. If we're right next to someone and we shout, the shouted message is is audible to people around us too. But it basically gives us walkie-talkies as long as we're within 200 feet of each other. We can just Ooh, whisper messages way. and they will basically the message gets whispered from, you know, just next to your ear. Hamid casts fly on Skrark, Hamid casts yep. fly on Wild. And then Hamid casts invisibility. Now you can do your own invisibility, can't you, Lid? Yep. So Hamid is gonna cast invisibility on Hamid, Skrark, Azu, Zolf, Wild, and Topaz. I was about to ask, yeah. We'll need it, otherwise it'll be a little bit Wonder Woman in the invisible jet. Yeah. I shall summon Topaz then. Okay, Topaz turns up, naturally. I think there's an element of, oh, that's a very big bright light, did anyone see? But I'm going to be like, nah, you're fine. You're, you're, you're not where anyone expects you to be. <laughs> Does he do like, oh, and you're like, shh, 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 shut up, shut up, shut up. Sons of angels, be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need a choir of angels, like a single soloist's fine. Shh. <laughs> Here's a camo. Yeah, so Top- <laughs> Topaz appears on the rooftop and immediately seems uncharacteristically severe. You get the impression that Topaz is very aware of weirdness all around and looks very business-like as opposed to just like, hey, how are you doing? What are we doing? <laughs> I shall give her some pets and a little treat and then I'm going to cast Skysteed on her. Describe it for the audience, because that one's not happened before. It has not. So while I am petting her, I close my eyes and I think about how much I love my camel and how important (laughs) all of this is. And uh, she sprouts angelic wings. Cool. It also gives her a bonus on fly checks. I like to think that each feather is a fond memory you share. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Topaz has wings now. Nice. She looks great. I love her. (laughs) (laughs) Alex, I would like to request we enter initiative order and I'm going to uh, tell Skrark to go when he feels my final spell affect him because all the invisibility is going to get cast first but I would like to enter initiative order to cast my final prep spell because its duration is measured in rounds per level. Understood. I think that's very reasonable as as a request. So with that in mind, can I please get everyone to roll initiative? Yeah. Ooh. 24. Oh, good start. 20. Oh, hello all. Hi. <laughs> Ten. Nah, oh. Sorry. <laughs> so hilariously, uh, the best possible time to roll a natural one is actually on initiative when it has no negative effects. Mm. Woo! So that's a nine for Hamid and a 24 for Skrark. Cool. Well, since I've asked everyone to only start doing stuff when they feel my final spell, it's irrelevant because basically yeah. no one else's actions will take effect until after my first one. <laughs> yeah. anyway. Although I love that if it was a natural one, like you go around without, there's just someone taps you on the shoulder and it's like, Hamid, are we going? And you're like, oh, oh yes. <laughs> Technically, I'm going to have everyone hold actions until Hamid, since yeah. you were like, please follow my lead. So with that in mind, if Hamid is last in the initiative order, it makes sense just to begin round two, basically. Effectively. Yeah. So, Hamid, you're you're, te- you're sort of both bottom and top of the initiative <laughs> order. Hamid casts Haste. Oh. A shiny new spell. 
haste affects all allies within 50 foot as long as none of them are too far away from each other basically but everyone gets faster is the simple thing so this gives you a plus one bonus to attack a plus one bonus to ac and a plus one bonus to reflex saves and when you take the full attack action you get a additional attack at your highest possible roll but yeah, they should those those bonuses should all stack. Uh, additionally, it increases your move speeds. So any movement modes you had, your speed in them gets increased by thirty foot around. Wow! Or if your fo- f- move speed was only twenty foot before, it gets doubled. So you don't get a full thirty. You you only go from twenty to forty. Okay. But that includes fly speeds. So whatever Topaz's fly speed, for example, was, it's now improved by 30. It's 50. It's 80 feet. That's a lot. You are welcome. How long does it last? One round per level. So I will be ticking it down on my initiative every turn, and I will tell you all when it ends. Good stuff. Wonderful. And it will be on your turn that it ticks. Yeah. So, technically... Wild was after you in the initiative order because Wild rolled garbage and has a very poor initiative modifier. However, Wild is choosing to hold his action, in which case then we are now at the top of a round just for people's knowledge. So who is who is currently residing atop a winged camel? I guess me and Zolf. Yeah. I Because I've got that big backpack on, I'm basically like a motorbike sort of sitting behind Azu and kind of like holding onto a torso. Yeah, understood. I feel like I should buy the rights to Born to be Wild, but um, <laughs> I don't think we're going to be able I, I to do, do that. Just, I do just want, like, before Scrap leaves off, like, a lovely tableau image of, like, so there's, just to take a moment to enjoy, like, Zolf and Azu atop angelic camel, like, <laughs> monster cell crouched on the ground with their big, like, flappy wings out there and the teeth everywhere, like, golden hammered sort of on the other side and then like Skrark Skrark, Skrark and Wild both just hovering yeah. naturally with the power of cool flight yeah 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 although rather distressingly what it actually is is a brief shot of an empty rooftop yeah 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 because we're all invisible <laughs> <laughs> so for, the only person that appreciates this is in fact the enemy that can see through invisibility yeah <laughs> Queeve's like I'm gonna kill that <laughs> it's, this is, it's the classic Avengers Assemble pan, except it's just an empty rooftop. So, anyone else have anything further where it's like, I want to cast this thing so that I, uh, I can hit you extra hard knowing that you've prepped? Mine are uh, actually kind of the opposite in that I'm going to cast Bark Skin, which makes uh, Cell kind of canonically crinklier. And, uh, and cracklier so that's plus four natural armour that's 11 rounds from the abbey roof but, but I'm counting everything from the roof um, and the other one is one that I have been excited about in the past uh, but haven't used yet which is caustic blood um, which is really ideal if you're ex- expected to be attacked because it sprays out caustic blood now both of those are counted per round so my assumption is that they could cast one before Hamid does his big invisibility splurge and one after in the round where everyone, it seems, is casting something. Everything else that Cell has is measured in minutes and or blocks of 10 minutes, so they're kind of done yeah. pre-initiative. Okay, so with that in mind, then we're at the top of the initiative round, technically, at which point it's Skrark, because Skrark rolled real well. What is Skrark's current fly speed? 90 foot around and he can he can double move 
So if he double moves with a fly speed of 90, he can move 180 foot. Can you take the run in inverted you commas action as a fly? cannot take a action while Understood. flying. So I am saying I have to fudge it a little bit because it's surprisingly hard to be allowed to run a tape measure from Westminster Abbey to Big Ben. I tried. They said no. <laughs> Apparently it's, it's, it's weird. So with that in mind, I'm going to say it's about 500 feet that it's got to be traversed. Skrark just goes. Obviously there's nothing to see because you're invisible, but it feels like someone's just set off a bullet from a gun or fired an arrow next to you. Just <laughs> Mechanically, Skrark just bombs it 180 feet in a single round as fast as possible towards the tower. Technically next, it's Zolf in initiative order. However, I, you said that you wish to hold. So after Zolf, it provisionally Zolf, if you know what I mean, it is Azu. Yeah. So... You are, for the sake of my simplicity, in control of your steed, so I'm going to say that uh, Topaz is moving on your turn. Okay. Are we all going to hang around one round to let Skrark do this? This is what yeah. I'm asking. Is Are you hanging around or are you just bombing it anyway? I think we're going to hang around, but thank you, Lid, for reminding me about the various skin spells because I might cast Iron Skin. While we wait. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, may as well. I think I'll, I think I'll cast it on Topaz. Because Understood. Because um, if Topaz gets got, then we're all falling. So you're now flying on... Well, you're now going to be flying on a celestial winged iron camel. <laughs> yes. Good grief. Does Topaz have the beard? Alas, this is not iron beard. Oh. No, so I believe that skin. Camels tend to have a little bit of a grufty thing going on on the chin, so there'll mm. be a little bit of iron filings on the chin, maybe. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Just checking. So the enhancement cool. bonus increases by one for every four cast levels above fourth, which even as I say it sounds like absolute gibberish to me. <laughs> like, I've got no idea what I just said. But basically, she had AC of 21, and now she has AC of 26, which is higher than mine. And it means that if there's a critical hit or a sneak attack against her with a physical weapon, she can negate it. It's as simple as you are now flying upon Iron Camel, and I'm okay with that. Hell yeah. So, after Azu, because it's a cast and then a wait, are you inserting your action? I am. Zolf. Okay, cool. I cast Shield Other on Azu. Understood. Aww. Duration is uh, 11 hours, so we don't need to worry about that. So the subject gains a plus one deflection bonus, so this probably won't stack with other stuff if we already have a deflection bonus i already I do have a plus one in my deflection modifier you get a plus one resistance bonus on saves for for, okay. Azu, uh, for, for topaz for topaz yes i'm doing it on topaz because as you say if topaz goes down we all go down okay topaz is more important than well you hold the most powerful camel yeah. in existence <laughs> <laughs> look upon my works ye mighty and despair so you did you did say initially ben you were casting shield other on azu did you mean to say you were casting shield other on topaz sorry yes i meant topaz all along uh but okay, so topaz probably doesn't have a deflection bonus already oh that's true she does not okay good stuff so that's 27 Whew. and also when she takes hit point damage and only hit point damage she takes half and I take that other half. <gasps> oh my god. So basically, Yay! If, if hit by an area of effect, I will take 1.5 damage, Topaz will take 0.5 damage. Solve! Sacrificing self for camel. I told you, we're all going to have an opportunity to sacrifice ourselves solarically. Do you all have any idea how much I wish there was this little goblin who just jumped out and goes, Dispel! 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 Also, just so people know, I have another shield other for Babbage when I put him down. Okay. Anything else, or are you now just ready to go? That was it. Cell, you are up. I think at this point I'm casting Caustic Blood, if this is the... I, I, I yes. think you are. Yep. That's correct. Cool, yep, casting that. 
it, during the other parts of uh, the round to say, my blood is literally boiling. <laughs> Hamid, you're up. I tick off one round of haste. Yep. Anything else? No. Wild holds his action, at which point, Scrock, we're going to... F- Again, filmically, this does not work unless we do the movie magic thing where we can see Scrock, even though Scrock's invisible. So Scrock continues to bomb towards the tower. And you cast Whisper, didn't you? Yeah, but it only works in two, within 200 feet. Yeah, I thought you cast Message. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Message even. So, yeah, at 180 feet, just as uh, Scrock is passing out of range, you hear, I think there's something on the tower. At which point, something begins to just unfold from the tower. There we go. Something <laughs> huge, something golden, uh... with streaks of blue running through it, yeah. more like roots from a tree than veins in a person. It is vast, and it unfolds facing in your general direction, and you get the impression that it is right now focusing due Scrock and looks really, really ready for a fight. Oh. And I'm going to end the episode there. Oh, here they are. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so, how's everyone doing? You okay? You're good? Yeah, let's save the world. Woo! Yeah. Could I, Don't could I... talk to me too much or some of the numbers might fall out of my head. I was going to say, can I interest anyone in some further maths yes. before we do any... Yeah, yeah, a little bit more. I'll take, I'll a take more, more maths, please. Yeah, bring a okay. just some maths in the background. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that, I'm going to end the episode here because we're going to be bouncing straight into the next one. So uh, yeah. while everyone else waits a week, we're just going to find out what happens. Yeah. Bye! Bye. Rusty Quill Gaming is a podcast distributed by Rusty Quill and licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 international license. Today's episode was directed by Alexander J. Newell and produced by Hannah Preisinger. To subscribe, buy merchandise, or join our Patreon, visit RustyQuill.com. Rate and review us online, tweet us at the Rusty Quill, visit us on Facebook, or email us via mail at RustyQuill.com. Join our community on the Discord or via Reddit at r slash RustyQuill. Thanks for listening. your passion into a business of Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Hello everyone, Helen here. Today I'm here to tell you about Celine, a podcast recently launched on the RQ network. Step into Celine, a city cloaked in darkness and teeming with horrors. From evil headmistresses to murderous marionettes, black worm parasites, haunted hotels, and eerie sleepwalkers, meet the paranormal investigators of Needle Street. 
newly arrived to battle the encroaching malevolence. Inspired by Poe, Edward Gorey and Agatha Christie, their adventures promise twisted mysteries and unforgettable characters. Immersive audio brings the city to life, blending dark humour with bone-chilling suspense. Join the investigators as they navigate Celine's shadows, where mystery and intrigue await at every turn. And now, you can experience the thrill of Celine in Dolby Atmos. So, search Celine wherever you get your podcasts. That's S-E-L-E-N-E. Or visit www.rustyquill.com for more information. <laughs>